What is Polinka? It's the Hungarian, like, um, cultural, whatever, local vodka. You know how every country oh, has their own vodka? It's their cultural Whoa. drink. Hungarian <laughs> cultural drink. Their I, like, brought... drink. <laughs> I brought everyone back these little bottles, and, like, I've been hiding mine, like, in a cupboard, because I never want to... It's too strong. Okay, so I can pew. Yeah, you can pew. Pew away. <laughs> pew pew. This shit feel like I won't ever make it home. Traffic's backed up, I got to get off of this road. Flipped on the gas, I swear to God, I'm in my zone. Grace, do you want to introduce the podcast? Do you know how it goes? Yeah. Um, one is from St. Petersburg. <laughs> one is from Bl- Brooklyn, New York. They have a very intimate friendship where they need to connect all of their interests through podcasting. <laughs> and what's the name of the podcast? It's She's in Russia. Yep. And today we have the special guest. I'm I, Grace. I'm Grace. We're all Grace. Our three names are Grace. <laughs> we have a podcast together. <laughs> but it is, it is true. If you are one of the few people that's been listening from the very beginning, then you will remember Grace from the episode we did on... Uh, Snow, uh, fucking at that guy, Oliver, Oliver Stone. Stone. Oliver yeah. Stone interviews uh, Putin in like a seven part series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That one did, that was... required a lot of research. <laughs> it's a good one. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm Lily. Who are you over there? I'm Smith. <clears throat> I'm Smith. <laughs> and our special guest is Gracie, as you might yes. Because as we've now said three different times. Okay, yes, and today we're talking about school shootings because of the recent school shooting in Kerch, which is in Crimea. um, Kerch. Where... Kerch. Kerch? Yeah. Where uh, an 18-year-old whose name is... Help. Vladislav Roslikov. Roslikov killed 21 people on October 17th. And year. some and from now on we're not going to uh I don't is it are you sure the body counts 21? Where is that from? Uh yeah, it is 21. I think it was like 20 initially and then I think an additional person died in the hospital or something. 20 probably is including him though. So, he didn't ki- he killed himself included. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um I, well, I yeah, including the gunman. If place. we practice the uh following along with the philosophy of David Cullen, who wrote the, the, the seminal book on Columbine called Columbine. Um, not seminal, what do you call that? Like the book that's named after the event. Namesake? It has the word name in it. Namesake. No, no, it's not, not namesake. Eponymous. <laughs> Eponymous. Eponymous or something. Eponymous. Eponymous. <laughs> Is that right? I, I don't know. I would never use that means. in a sentence. Yeah. Eponymous means named after like the thing that it is. Okay, okay. Then yes. That's great. But I think, I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce <laughs> of it. Of course, so. the eponymous text, Columbine. <laughs> yeah. And if we go with his philosophy, we, uh, 
are going to not say the killer's name after what we just said. We're done what? saying it. Why? Um, well, wait, doesn't that make intuitive sense? Uh, no, it doesn't. It's because, um, like, basically, it, this is a belief or this, like, theory has become more popular, but that, like, a very large influence for these shootings is because of the sensationalism around them, so the killers are motivated by the fact that they know that they will be named a bunch on media, so to try, as like a technique to try to, um, a preventative technique is to not name them. Or to name them quickly, maybe show their face, and then to really focus on um, victim stories. Yeah, and like, we're aware, I guess, given that, that doing a podcast about this is sort of participating in um, sensationalism, but it, we're trying to, I think, do it in more of the sense of like, this is an important event that happened in Russia, and it's something that is on everyone's minds, and it's something that's actually also important, like a connection to American culture. Which, American culture, yeah. Unfortunately. Uh, um, yeah, I so, guess, okay, the reason I'm not convinced by that, like, like I get, yeah. Having I, done 10 I years understand. of studies on Columbine, you're not convinced. <laughs> I'm not convinced. Yeah, having read the Wikipedia and watching, bo- having watched Bowling for Columbine recently, um, I, I guess I'm not super convinced by that in regard to us and a lot of people because I would say what we're doing is like voyeuristic and sensationalist. And if we're just not saying the name, it doesn't mean that the sentiment isn't still there. Well, I just said that. I just said we know we're t- participating in the sensationalism. Didn't I just yeah, say that? I mean, but the naming is, the, is part of it, like explicitly. Like, I think the, what, I mean, I imagine that what we're doing is going to be talking a lot about peripheral stuff around the event. But like previously... Like the news cycle really would go deep on the psychology of the killer in mm-hmm. a sort of like true crime way. And right, yeah. that's like less and less eth- ethically okay. Do you guys think that it actually, I mean, not that any of us are psychologists, but do you guys think that it does actually encourage people to copycat or is this like a pathology that comes from somewhere else? Oh, absolutely. I mean, like. Yeah, they're explicit. It's yeah, explicit. The, it's, it's, um, there's a lot of case studies around um, Columbine specifically being a um, model that's been uh, repeated or attempted to be repeated like dozens of times. Yeah, but like, but the model people call it... themselves Columbiners. Okay, but does that? Does that stem from the media's response to Columbine and like the obsessive investigation into the like two shooters' psyches, or does it stem from like their actions? One of the things that like makes it sort of evident that the media response is a really important factor, at least, is that like when in the planning of Columbine, like from from Colin's book, the boys were like making their plan was to make um, the sort of, there was like three parts of the scene and it was supposed to culminate in this like basically explode, their cars were supposed to be involved and it was supposed to be when the media had already gathered so it would be like this like, basically like they had planned it so that there would be like maximum media coverage and like 
maximum exposure. So not just things that are happening inside the building, but things outside the building. And they were doing that specifically with another tragedy that had recently happened that they had watched. I think it's Oklahoma or something. Remember what I'm City bottoming. Yeah. yeah. And they were explicitly modeling on that. And then so since then, there's just been, there's been a focus on like the image and the aesthetic, like what's being worn. So what's going to be like left over. They also, the, the Columbine boys left a shit ton of like journals and plans and stuff so that it, everything would be very easy to look at and <laughs> essentially follow. Yeah. It's like, it's like not only is there like a lot of mythology surrounding Columbine, but since Columbine, like, I think performative violence has become super popular. I mean, terrorism and then also, like, domestic... Like, both international and domestic terrorism is really uh, popular. And it's it's about the performative um, aspect of the violence. Mm. Okay. Well, okay, so let, if we take... You're, you seem skeptical because you're saying, like... <clears throat> You just think, but you know that like this particular case in in Kirch, like was uh, in some way hinted to like w- modeled off of Columbine. Yeah, yeah, like with the sh- shirt and everything. But yeah, I guess I I guess I could be convinced that like the aesthetic presence of the violence is a huge factor in driving people to commit these sorts of violences, but. I guess I just assume that that's not, like, the driving force. Like, there has to be some underlying thing that causes them to want to commit the violence in the first place and not just the aesthetic quality of it. Definitely, definitely. Just how they go about doing it. That is the choices. Those are the choices that are made. What bombs are used? What, like, this bombing thing where, like, there's different ways of making homemade bombs and they don't work? They didn't work in Columbine and they, they worked in this case, but I don't think, like, all of them worked or something. It's, like this repetition of methods that are not necessarily functional, but are like, it's also sort of an aesthetic choice. It's like, I'm going to make the bomb exactly like those boys did it. Yeah. Yeah. But what, but that doesn't mean that it motivates. I'm not saying, we're not saying like just like any old kid would do it because they like, no, 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 Uh, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. But, but like, what is the, um, what's like an example of like a planned violence that's perpetrated on such a scale for not that doesn't have like at least some sort of aesthetic quality to it. Well, wait, wait. Is the question of it having an aesthetic quality or having an aesthetic quality that's followed? That's followed? Do you mean sensationalized? No, that's um. That's oh, that's modeled. repeated. That's repeated. Um, you just mean like, is there any performative violence that? Not performative violence. I'm just like saying like, okay, war is an example of mass violence that definitely has an aesthetic quality that is sensationalized and romanticized in pop culture. So mm-hmm. I'm just trying to think of an example. Like if we're saying, oh, for these particular types of, of mass killings like terrorism or, or mass murders, school shootings, if we're saying that like one of the core um like driving things are one of the things that causes these things to happen again which is the reason we're not saying his name and we're not going to like explore his psyche like if if those if that's like driven by this aesthetic quality thing then there has to be a type of violence that's not driven by these aesthetic qualities 
Because because you're saying then we shouldn't like talk about anybody that commit like we shouldn't say the name of anybody that commits violence. No, no, no. But war, but war. Okay, I see what you're saying. War, for one thing, you can sort of just put outside because it's socially acceptable violence. It's like in brackets. Also, I I think I remember some statistics around this. Like basically, a fraction of percent of all like um, gun uh, homicides in the U.S. are. mass shootings like 33,000 are just people shooting other people in not mm-hmm. a performative mass way you know it's not in a mass way but yeah. maybe performative but, yeah. but it might be performative right, and it right. might have like an aesthetic quality that that also contributes to the person deciding to do it maybe yeah, I, I mean, mean sorry but yeah people probably have different motives for you know killing but there I think that the school shooting paradigm does follow a specific sort of teenage ennui, um, like, format of feeling super uh, depressed and idealizing, like, complete destruction. And basically, like, instead of just suiciding, you um, take other people out with you. And the other thing is, like, I feel like it's important to put these, like, categories of mass violence together. Like, when someone just... The mass part seems really important because when someone commits a murder, it can be, it can be really calculated. I mean, there's like right, there's different definitions that can be personal, it right. can be calculated, but it can also be kind of by chance or just happen. Like if you have a weapon and then you know something happens, like you get in a fight or something, it can be less calculated. So the thing about mass and like serial killings, I think, that make them really performative and like uh, especially sort of interesting for the audience in a true crime way, the audience being everyone who's like left over and isn't personally involved in the tragedy, is that it's so meticulously thought through and like uh, there's a whole intensive plan. And I feel like that's a big part of it because like it's orchestrated. It literally is a performance. Columbine had three acts. Like it was like performative thing in that sense so you know it's a it's an orchestration that you can never rehearse a performance yeah. that you can never rehearse yeah. and it's important just to notice that that's and maybe some serial killers have similar patterns but that that's different from you know like a case of domestic violence in which somebody is killed okay fair enough all right i i feel mildly convinced i guess i'm still not convinced by the like don't say his name thing because it seems a little um like self-important or something but uh, I can abide by it. <clears throat> Wait, what do you mean? Like, we're too important? Yeah. Yeah. Like, we're so popular? Oh, well, I mean, it's more just, I mean, yeah, it's just an ethical decision. You know, it's just like you personally don't eat that much meat, and it's not because you're really important in terms of the meat industry. <laughs> Grace, don't say that to me. <laughs> I save a lot of animals. One of the things, though, it's uh, not interesting, but just I I know we don't want to get into the psychology of this individual, but um, the official version of the Kirch events is like, you know, using the sort of typical words you hear around these kinds of incidents like lonely, psychopath, antisocial, and at the same time, one of it's not the official version but the whatever the like lead person of Crimea is like really on to this theory that it's not just this one person and he's like very convinced and other people uh like I think somebody from the school is also very convinced that this is something that is like not possible to do on a single level it couldn't have been one person it was too like 
like how could this one kid get so many weapons it has to like how could they finance it how could they uh basically yeah just like financially and overall how could that be orchestrated by one person and that's this really like weird fucked up theory that's coming out that's like this this could be this could be some kind of larger Ukrainian terrorist <laughs> act from some enemy yeah whether it's ukraine or uh america or what it's like so, some kind of regardless of who the actor is it's some kind of like group effort that is you know larger than this one boy yeah you know what that actually reminds me of is remember in um i think it was in uh, hyper normalization where he talks about the like popularization of suicide bombing and how um it wasn't really originally a thing but then it was sort of financed by the west and then or not by the west by i guess like iran and syria or something like that and then it like got out of hand and they weren't able to control it anymore it's Interesting, not that I believe it, but it is interesting to think about people co-opting like single shooter, governments co-opting single shooter mass murders as a political tool. So that doesn't seem like it's a thing yet. And it really is easy to mask. Like, it seems like it would be fairly easy to mask. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's a really interesting mapping between like a completely domestic... um, sort of like terrorist phenomenon being these school shootings and like i don't know conspiratorially like thinking that maybe there are these like uh agents foreign agents that are orchestrating them yeah but, i mean we should be careful i mean it, it definitely doesn't this i've never heard that before and if that is the case here it would probably be the first time yeah i mean i don't i don't think that that's true in this case i don't have any reason to think that but yeah what are the details the details are that like uh the amount of money it's like unrealistic that this kid would have like his mom i don't know she works she's a single mom she has some low-paying job and like how would he get the money to buy first of all the weapon and then all the other supplies he buys over the course of whatever how much time but i don't know the details of like his <laughs> you know what he worked that's crazy yeah because i don't i've never heard any speculation of over how previous shooters got their weapons it was always just like yep they acquired them well yeah but i feel like they like American teenagers probably have a lot more money than Russian teenagers. Well, not necessarily. I mean, I feel like it it really it I don't know how much guns cost, but it really like depends on the situation. Like if you're getting money from your parents, if you're like working in like all summer and saving or you work whatever while you're in school and you save like every penny, but I don't think it's cheap. It's not cheap. The case. gun that this guy bought was around $600. It's it's definitely not cheap, but like I'm thinking about myself in high school. Like I definitely had access to $600 from working, whereas like a Russian teenager might not be able to make that much, you know? Or like even like you said he has a single mom who probably doesn't have that much money, but like the Columbine kids came from like quote unquote like good homes and could have easily stolen money over time from their parents without them. Yeah, or like allowances or something but i'm not sure yeah. if that's the case yeah. yeah but it just seems that six hundred dollars it's not like so much money that he had the government involved right, right. yeah <laughs> nobody but the ukrainian government has that much money especially over time like it's not um it's not like that hard to imagine that over the course of a really long time 
somebody could save, <laughs> a, a teenager could save that amount of money. So that it's not that convincing. But the point is that like that's this sort of angle or theory going around now from like really high up and it's understandable people, I mean, amongst other things, people are um, also just, I think some people are upset about just the like influence of Columbine <laughs> being, whether that's, you know, that's not something that the government can control. Yeah. Poon's initial response was just that this is an influence from the West and like Western, the Westernized internet. Wait, hold on. I have a quote from him. Mm-hmm. This is, kind of, I don't know, I thought the wording of this was kind of funny, but who knows if it's just a translation. So he said, this means that we all, not just Russia, but we across the world are reacting badly to changing conditions in the world. We are not creating necessary, interesting and useful content for our young people. Oh my God, it's a content problem. <laughs> yeah, it's a content problem. Um, That's why but Russia they, needs to get Netflix. They have Netflix. Yeah, and HBO. The And then the other thing was, like, before the picture of this guy came out, there were, like, accusations that it was a Crimean tartar. tartar. And then, like, after his picture came out, everybody, was like, walked back, walked to that back. Oh, whoa. I thought you were talking about how, like, at first this picture of this other boy whose name is Vladislav was published in, like, on TV, like, from his VK profile, but it's not him. Oh, that's fucked up. That was fucked up, yeah. Wow. I don't know if we've alluded to this on other episodes or what, but like the ease with which people can get guns in America versus in Russia and how it's much harder to get one in Russia. Like this guy went through a training course and everything, which kind of I don't know. I I guess then I'm wondering, like, does the motivation for carrying out a school shooting like this overpower any sort of uh, like like does it overpower barriers uh, barriers yeah barriers that in uh, implementing legislation that would prevent people from getting guns so easily in america like would it actually do anything yeah that's that's pretty interesting i I mean mean, a lot of of the like american conversation has centered around making it more difficult as if it's some sort of stroke of inspiration like that there's this hour-long period where they really want to commit mass murder and then they go and they easily get the gun and then they perform it but it definitely studies have shown that most mass um, shootings there have been preparations up to like several years beforehand and that the idolation starts at a really young age like you know maybe even like seven eight right so in that case like doing the course and like learning about the gun really intensely would just be part of that process yeah but you still like I think there's there it's not like everything went to plan like this person could have been stopped from getting a gun like like secret service could have made sure that this person that this was something that they like red flag alerted and it's like I mean you don't like it's the same thing in the U.S. like it's just a process of making it more difficult so you can screen out like fucked up shit like this yeah but like I I do think like what Grace said what was it Grace like what percentage of murder murders by gun are actually mass murders like a small small like a fraction of yeah so like the screening seems more useful for people that are getting guns and kill people who they like know personally or like domestic violence and those sorts of things definitely seems the well screening yeah process but it, seems useful but yeah. maybe the screening process isn't super useful for potential mass shooters yeah basically there's this whole narrative around uh mental illness with school shooters but really it's 
much more common for them just to have like regular clinical depression and be like male white teenagers who don't like their classmates. So it's it's not like, feel like they're regret, like bitter. Yeah. So it's like it there's it would be hard to get that sort of thing on record so that you could screen. <laughs> Do you like going to school? <laughs> I mean, then I mean, then it comes down to like when you talk about preventative things, I feel like then it just comes down to like all the other steps that had to be taken. Like, I mean, at least on in the parent realm. I mean, it's like hard for the school to keep track of every single kid and what they're doing and like why they start dressing like a neo-Nazi and like whatever. But (laughs) then it comes down to sort of unfortunately comes down to like a parenting thing because like you have like kids like in the Columbine thing, you know, spending many months building bombs in their house. It's like, come on. Yeah, that is. Fucking figure that shit out. Or like, like the, I feel like if I had had a really intense journal that I wrote in every day, my mother would 100% have snuck in and read it. Or just you're filming, like they they were filming like all their videos in the basement. Like you wouldn't, what, listen in on that one time? Yeah, like hail Hitler, kill them all. How how did she not hear that? I mean that, so, so not to get too parent blamey, but it really like, it's at some point there's like factors that have there's there's red flags that have to be noticed by the people around that person like yeah and and, inc- and including including now that we have the internet and mass surveillance yay including um secret services like se- the secret service in whatever country making it so that okay maybe if even if you do get this gun that that person's like being I don't know the pay, uh, that they pay attention to like what mm, they're doing on. I mean, this is just like how it like works. That. But it's just like how it works. That. But it's how it works. It's not. That's, but it's they, not that's how, how they prevent. I don't think people that's how they prevented. That's how they prevented uh, in that Cullen book. Like I was reading about them preventing a them two countries uh, secret services preventing like a coordinated. This is really rare that this happens, but three teenagers coordinated a school shooting together. And, like, one was going to fly to Canada and, like, meet the other two Hardy there. And they oh. stopped her. It was actually a girl who was the one who was going to fly. Wow. Yeah, they stopped her. She was, like, arrested or detained or whatever in the airport. That because kind of they were – how did they – They just how read their they shit on Facebook. That, that were private messages. Yeah. They're not planning on their each other's walls. Is that what you mean? <laughs> wow. Wait, so they were reading private messages? Yeah. Yeah, see, I don't, I think that, I think in that balance, I'm against it. I know it's really fucked up to say like, oh, no, I don't want that to have been prevented in that way. But I think that I'm against that. Well, privacy, all privacy advocates, I'm just explaining how it works. I understand how that is not like good for privacy and it's not, it's that is mass surveillance but I'm just explaining like that that is a way that it works and that a, a way that like could have went down in this case. Right, but you're proposing like, okay, there are multiple red flags and like people around them are responsible for it. And here's like one of the way that one of the ways in which like red flags are taken seriously. But I feel like of those options, I would be more keen on advocating that like the people around them should be responsible. Right. I'm not advocating. Government. I'm not advocating. I'm just explaining that like this is the kind of thing that like sh- basically according to the politics of mass surveillance that exists now that like. That that I think people would consider a mistake that they they weren't able to stop this teenager. Like, I'm not saying that I think that they should have like read all of his messages, but I think like a lot of people do. 
And that's, according to the current like politics of mass surveillance, that is a slip through. That's a bad thing. Every time something happens like this, that's what they say. They're like, we, you know, like whether or not you classify this as a terrorist attack, which is also an issue here. But it also just, that just lends itself to increasing mass surveillance even more. What, if people react that way? Right, like if you say, oh, this is a failure of mass surveillance, that means our mass surveillance isn't good enough. Let's make it even more like Maybe it's just not precise enough. (laughs) We need big data to step in and really understand the context. (laughs) I'm just kind of playing devil's advocate and explaining what I see as like the status quo, not what I think should be the case. Like I, I think personally agree more with what you're saying about the people around and that whole like on an individual level being able to see red flags. Though I'm not, it seems really fucked up to like blame parents and stuff without knowing the situation. But, um, yeah, I I'm, I yeah. definitely agree with you on that. I'm just t- explaining like the general thought. Yeah, I agree. It does feel fucked up to blame people in his personal circle, but the, for like as a tech- preventative technique, it does seem really important to be like everyone should always report their best friends when they say, "I have been thinking about killing people in my school." Yeah, I mean, you get that a lot where it's like, oh, we all, you know, no one takes it seriously. That's that's like what people say after these cases. Um, it's like rat on your yeah. friends when they are neo-Nazis. Maybe not rat on them, but like um, <laughs> calm them down. Pay it, like pay or pay attention and, and take that seriously. The other thing that it, it, just in terms of like, I don't know the way people react to this kind of horrible situation, it seems like there's also patterns in that, in that, like, if you're in the situation and you hear, like, a bomb go off, this was reported from at least multiple uh, situations like this, at least two, it's multiple, that the people in the building, like, immediately assume it's something benign. That's the first thing. They're like, ah, it's just like kids playing or it's whatever. You never think that it's, it's the whole thing. Like you never think a tragedy is going to happen to you. You never think that a bomb is going to go off in your school. So teachers even like um, continue having class or whatever. Like pay attention to your test. That wasn't anything. Don't pay attention to that. They think it's some kind of prank. I mean, in Columbine, it got, also I realized saying the C word is really not helping, but I don't know how to reference it. In the 1999 incident, because I feel like that's also glamorized, the name itself. But in any case, in that incident, there's some f- super fucked up Wait, report. so you're not supposed to say like, <laughs> sorry, you're not supposed to say like Osama bin Laden either or 9-11? Like, doesn't I don't that know. fall under I, the same thing? I don't know. I'm just, I'm just making forget. up the thing about the C word because I <laughs> Never feel forget, like, but never say it. Because I feel like if you were to look at a word count of our, of our audio so far, there's... We're saying it so much. In Columbine, there was like some really, I mean, in terms of like how you never believe it's going to happen to you, there was some really horrific uh, reports. I mean, this did happen of like um, kids who are were friends with or knew the, the shooters, seeing them from afar and thinking that they were paintballing and walking up mm. to them, coming closer to them to be like, oh my God, like crazy, and thought that people who were falling were like faking like just Whoa. just yeah. a really to a level of like that uh, amount of you know non-reality that you would come up to the person 
to be fair though like that was the first like really intense instance of these sorts of like mass school shootings and so you wouldn't have you're not like primed for something like well, that to yeah the well, landscape's school- totally different like now it is but school wait hold on school shootings in the in the 90s had been i mean it, they had been revving up it had been a thing not on this scale but it had been a thing people were worried about and freaking out about and then the year 97 to 98 i believe or 98 to 99 there was like a quiet and people forgot about it kind of but it was it was really it was in people's yeah, but I, I was reading. I was reading the school shootings that were leading up to Columbine, and they were small. They were like really, um, I, I, minimal. Like yeah, it's yeah. like a, a student comes and shoots their teacher, like something like that. Like nothing on this like kind of uh, uh, arbitrary mass scale, where like the the targets aren't the targets, just anybody that happens to be there. Wait, Smith, did you listen to the? most recent this american life no okay this indie podcast this american life last week they did um an episode on parkland and it goes really deep into this topic like specifically around the relationship between the event and their preparation for it and they had been drilling for a specific school shooter event and they were aware when it it started that there was a problem and there were teachers actively like defending their students, pulling them into classrooms, kids that were just running around. It was something that they talked about, like different new techniques, mm-hmm. like very specific techniques for, um, you know, locking the doors immediately after you hear certain codes, whether or not code should be given or, or whether or not someone should go on the intercom and be like, there's a shooter in our school. I yeah I mean I just feel like at this point the landscape is totally different and people are hyper aware that something like this can happen and schools are responding to it. But but not in Russia yet. I don't know. No. I mean I I I don't think that the because there have been fewer overall cases in Russia I I think um it's possible that yeah people haven't started preparing to that extent but at the same time like this is not like the first because guns are harder to get you do get incidents like in this january when there was a a kid with a with a knife in a school who attacked several people nobody died but a lot of people wait can't remember basically like there a kid attacked with a knife so there was less damage done but um it was also somebody who aesthetically was like in line or following columbine Mm -hmm. explicitly I think that that you know a lot of awareness came out. Medusa published an interview with Dave Cullen right after that, a few days after the January uh, attack, and that interview was republished right after Kirch. They republished it, being like, "This is still relevant." Um, I mean, yeah, in terms of like, definitely the landscape must be different from from 1999, but I just feel like it's still really scary and hard to imagine like what you would do in that situation because people do do these things that you're like why are you doing that why are you hiding under a desk you know that like you're in the same room and you're just under a desk that's not safe you know it's not like a bomb drill or like an earthquake an earthquake drill it's like people's instincts sometimes are to go to these other forms of like drills that they maybe know that are like hiding and then yeah and then they end up not actually being able to save themselves because they are like or they can't move from that situation because they're like paralyzed because they're so scared um understandably and i and i can't say that like i would behave any differently but it's like that is seems like a concrete thing that schools can do is like really 
drill into the kids heads like how to how to exit yeah i mean that's a bleak acceptance of reality i guess yeah well, yeah and in parkland apparently all the kids knew to run and they were all running and um like there was this really apocalyptic scene where they were all running at each other because they couldn't understand where from where the gunshots were coming because they were ricocheting off the walls of this courtyard Ugh. Do they think that the the like new techniques or the fact that the kids were somewhat trained actually helped in preventing more people from dying? Or are they not able to tell that? I mean, Parkland was the most deadly school shooting. It, it trumped Columbine. Yeah. Columbine previously was. So it's really, I mean, it's really hard to say. Like, I think that they were more prepared, but at the same time, the shooter was also... Um, more exacting in his plan. Mm. One, this is not super relevant to what we're talking about now, but I want to go back to that idea of like a government using a school shooting as a like cover for some other political motive. And it reminds like the other, the other school shooting or like incident that gets referenced a lot is Bezlan, which we talked about on the mother's episode. Um, and though that had a very different quality to it, cause it was blamed on like Chechen terrorists that did have like, wasn't there stuff after that Lily where they, they, there were like claims that the Russian government blamed it on Chechen terrorists, but it wasn't actually Chechen terrorists or like something along those lines. And there was a lot of confusion during the siege and it's unclear who actually killed the kids. Yeah, well, the thing with Beslan is that the thing that would be uh, sort of like the accusation made towards the Russian government is that that was something sort of a deal or like a plan of some sort. Um, and that kind of accusation has been seen before in other terrorist acts where they were like, there's accusations that the go Russian government actually committed them themselves yeah like wasn't that that like bombing in the 90s in moscow was a similar well thing? The, the the building bombings before the second chechen war and then also the theater bombing in moscow and the thing in beslan was that there was a hostage situation um the th the other part of the accusation is that the thing that actually killed people was a, the storming russian troops storming the building meaning that like the hostages were alive before that. Right. They just were hostages. So there's the two parts of that. And then there's like the, the theories about the planning itself. That falls under like the category of like inside job, like 9-11 inside job as a way of, of like currying favor for some war that you're, that you're waging abroad. Yeah, I've never thought of it waging war. It's kind of cool. Higher wages when there's a war. <laughs> <laughs> Wage war. Um, the the other thing about this particular shooting, the what it's Kerch, Kerch, like Kerch, yeah, it's Kirch, like between Kirch. A and E. Um, is the fact that it's in Crimea and that like means something? Um, yeah, it's in a small town in Crimea, as all school shootings seem to be in small towns, where you wouldn't expect it. Well, that's where people are the most despondent. Because they think that there's nothing outside their little town. That's one way of explaining it, yeah. Um, I've summed up the school shooter psyche for you. It's hard to be despondent and male and white. But Rest in peace, YouTube shooter. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, the fact that it's in Crimea, I don't know what that... I don't know. What, what do you mean? What does that add? The only thing I guess I could see it adding is, like, this... To the theory of this being some kind of, like, coordinated 
bullshit, but I don't see. I mean, as it adds to it being coordinated, it also adds to like that there's some like there is there is an argument here that there is some sort of like political environment that creates like a particular type of person. Ugh. Like it, the only parallel I can think of right now is if you had like a, a mass shooting in um well this really isn't a good comparison but if you had a mass shooting in like Palestine or something like Crimea is like an intensely politically charged space yeah but it's not no it's definitely not a scene of violence though it's just like no 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 I know I'm not I'm not saying that but I am saying that it is a specific. It's a politically charged place for high politics, but I feel like on a, like on the day-to-day level, I don't think, you know, I mean, it would be interesting to know, like, what had changed in that kid's life since the annexation of Crimea. Uh, maybe he sees things getting more, like, maybe things, prices are going up in stores, but I think that's something his mom would notice more than he would. I wouldn't um, necessarily argue that it's evident that that would be something that's, like, affecting his everyday life. But But at the same time, one of the things that I do agree that it is like a special case, the fact that it's in Crimea, because it makes it so that like, I mean, I, I did hear of it making people, people from both Ukraine and Russia sort of like come together in a way um, in mourning. Like these are people who have relatives in both countries. They're not, you know, a few years ago they were in one country and now they're in a different country. And it's like, in that sense, there's a sort of a, like a forgetting about that or being like, that doesn't matter right now. What's important is that these people lost their loved ones and we're going to like just come together for this moment for a second. But I don't really buy the like idea of like an unstable political environment like affecting this kid. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not able to like articulate it well enough, really. I, I'm not, yeah, I guess I, I don't really buy that either, like that the political... Like, it seems much more likely that his personal life would have impacted his decision to do this. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not really sure about the specifics of his relationship to other school shootings. I mean, he did model it after other ones specifically, right? I think, like, the way he was dressed and the fact that it was a bomb and then a shooting makes is what gives evidence to the Columbine connection. Can we talk about how he was dressed, or is that on the likes? I think it's fine. I, I think mean, it's part of the whole thing. I don't thing. think just because the fact that the uh, Columbine kids wore Hot Topic doesn't mean that everyone who wears Hot Topic <laughs> is <laughs> we can't talk dangerous about persons. Them. <laughs> yeah. um, well, okay, the reason that people say that he was similarly dressed to one of the Columbine shooters was that he's wearing black jeans and a white t-shirt that says hatred in black writing and one of the columbine shooters was wearing similarly i think black jeans and a white t-shirt that said natural selection on it and they do look like aesthetically similar but that's not i mean yeah uh, yeah it seems that it is modeled after columbine well and the the bomb thing and i think it also started in the cafeteria which is where the Columbine shoot started, shooting started, but that could just be because that's where the most people are. Well, similar thinking, similar thinking, because Columbine was, like, trying to make it so that there was, a, a like, mass amount of people. They, like, meticulously timed, at least one of them meticulously timed, like, when people are, the most people are in the cafeteria and timed the, the bomb to go off at that time. It didn't go off, but it was supposed to. And um, 
it's actually similar times in the morning. They're both around between 11 and 12. Right. Yeah. I, I guess I'm just wondering about the connection because, I mean, I feel like there's a, dis- there's a difference between uh, the perpetrator trying to kill a lot of people at his school and the perpetrator trying to play out the sort of, like, mythos of Columbine, which was, like, bullied against bullies. And if if it's him trying to play that out, then it seems, like, less related to a larger political situation. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, I don't... I'm not arguing that the shooting itself is against a larger political situation. I'm just, like, noting the fact that Crimea is a very specific place in both the, like, setting as the lead-up to the shooting and also the responses of, like, political figures after are in the shadow of the fact that it's in Crimea. It, the, the other thing is, and I know, like, you know, Putin said something along these lines, and I don't know, like, the FSB head may have said something along these lines, but how this is, like, a very American event. And, I mean, I, I feel like that's almost objectively true, but when this did happen, it felt, like, very American to me. Like, very recognizable and almost understandable. What do you mean? What part of it felt recognizable? Just a a school shooting by a single teenage boy with like an automatic weapon. Oh, like it felt like a familiar situation. Like for Russians, I am assuming it felt very shocking because they're like, how could something like this happen? But like for me, when I saw that it happened, I just kind of like added it to my mental list of all the ones that have already happened. And I didn't even like really think about how, oh, this is in Russia and this might be like the first big school shooting of this nature. Yeah. In terms of the familiarity, I think two things like I know what you mean, but I think the people who experience it in whatever x small town are still going to be like always like shocked it's never going to be of course of course so even in the states it's never going to be like like uh, you know we're not going to ever get used to it but i feel like i am used to it yeah as an outsider to the majority of people are yeah outsiders to the situation yeah and i think um i think you're right in saying just because the, the numbers are the statistics are smaller that this would probably be like from people, this is probably more shocking in Russia. But like the the last school attack, I was wrong. There's actually two guys with knives um, because it was because it was it was also quite shocking. I mean, remember that? Do you remember us talking about that? Yeah, I do when remember talking about that. It was yeah. also quite shocking, but it was like it isn't an automatic weapon. The automatic weapon makes it like level different. Mo- people are dead. Many people are dead. It's like many people are wounded. It's you know it becomes this sort of like this different scale of tragedy and like this different category, I would say, of tragedy. Yeah. It's just like, I don't know. I mean, in the end, it's like we have these different few theories floating around, like from the lonely psychopath to the this is a coordinated government uh, event to kind of somewhere in between. Well, not in between, but just like this isn't coordinated, but this is just a more normal kid who has depression and all these factors line up. It just seems sort of hopeless because it feels like, like that's why I have this like cynical mindset of like, we should just train people to be better at getting away because it feels like something that isn't. Yeah. Yeah. It feels really like suicide bombing. It feels like really chaotic and uncontrollable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
It's just like also so fucked up when I read about this, these things I'm reading about like getting deep into it, which like really feels shitty. And I was like, I saw a video. I don't recommend watching any Columbine videos. It's like harrowing experience. But um, the what strikes me the most is just like thinking about how young they are and being like, fuck, that's like these people are just not they just haven't been able to like come out of that fucked up world of childhood and then be like and look around a little more and have like any perspective at all yeah and yet they commit this like completely fatal to themselves and to many people crime it's like yeah it feels like a mistake or something yeah it's like did exactly. you no like you know it just yeah you just weren't able yeah. to wait it out yeah it's like their narcissism is peaking and their and so is their um solipsism and it's just yeah. a perfect combination. And their rage. Yeah. And their lack of agency. That's why we need to make more of those It Gets Better videos. <laughs> Though I did, I think Cullen, just as a sort of like a myth buster thing for a lot of people, is that the sort of like influence of video games and violent images is not negligible, but there's no hard facts that that actually affects people's actions. It's just like the it's really unclear how that actually affects what to what extent that affects kids psyches no of course i i feel like i've never been the type to blame video games but if video games don't affect the child psyche then like why is it that the event itself influences like what is the distinction there is the human brain actually able to distinguish between reality and fiction and finds reality more well compelling again video games don't have that like celebrity status of the killer i mean maybe some do but I, I, like the the aesthetic of violence in video games is one aspect but then the like you become famous and you're remembered as another aspect of okay. of a mass shooting that i think is the one that we were <laughs> referencing so the reason why like mass shootings have become so popular is because like celebrity has become so central in american culture i mean it's <laughs> not maybe not the reason but it's such an echo chamber situation i, I just want to say in summary we should screen all teenage boys <laughs> for <laughs> strange behaviors and that all social media should stop everyone should just learn how to code and make personal websites <laughs> perfect or they can just use a template <laughs> by the way squarespace is sponsoring this episode if only <laughs> Make beautiful websites with drag and drop tools. It's so easy, even though it's not actually, you fuckers. People need to stop lying about Squarespace. It's like this ongoing lie. It's not that easy. It, unless you want to sponsor us, then we'll lie gladly. That's true, that's true. Uh, that's the episode thanks for listening as always be sure to subscribe to our twitter and telegram at she's in russia if you have questions for us i'm i'm so sick of doing the questions thing nobody ever has questions well if you wanna, like, how about if you have statements if you have statements oh, how about that if anybody listens to this plus one two nine two no Plus one, three, four, seven, two, nine, two, seven, one, two, six. Or if you're out of the U.S., you can give us a call at She's in Russia on Skype. Be sure to subscribe to our monthly image-based newsletter at She's in Russia.com. And we will see and you. And support us on Patreon. She always oh, forgets that Jesus. One. That should yes. be first. I know. I just like, 
God, don't forget do to support us on Patreon. Anything you can contribute, we really appreciate. Yeah, we Patreon. just uploaded com. a patrons-only video, so <laughs> skip on over there. Patreon.com slash uh, Russia. Okay, yeah. Grace has to go. Bye. Okay, goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye.